0: Meanwhile, on this episode (laughs) of Sports Meets Beer, (laughs) hey everybody, welcome to Sports Meets Beer. My name is Ben Perry. That's Brad Barmore. We are here to talk about sports, meats, and beer.
1: Did we talk? Yeah, we did talk about all those three.
0: We did. We we did talk about all those three things today. (laughs) Kind of a limp attempt, but we did. Uh, This episode, we are talking about some cool NFL. uh, Hyped up players, unhyped
1: players. Yeah. We right? talk a little bit about uh, panic time. Your yes. favorite team, when it's, when it's time to panic about your favorite team.
0: Push the panic button. We are drinking a couple beers. We've got uh, two beers from uh, Worthy Brewing Company out of Bend, Oregon. Yeah. It's a lot of good stuff. Chicken thighs. Would you
1: say the chicken thighs were chewy?
0: Maybe. <laughs> two special guests are on this episode. You tell me who they are in the comments and our social media. We'd really <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> Homework. <laughs> yeah. There's your assignment. Let's get this party started. Sports Meets Beer episode 21. Do it. What do you say, Chuck Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. That was the whitest flavor <laughs> flame I've ever done in my life. Was it? I don't know. It was horrible. I'm
1: gonna start taking a running count of all your flavor-flavor impressions, and then I'll be able to get back it's to you. It's a regular.
0: It's a regular occurrence, and as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> all right, episode numero twenty-one, vente uno, if you will, in the kitchen or in just in general. Yeah, if you just, speak Spanish? Just in general. Not everyone speaks Spanish. Yeah, I know. How about German?
1: Uh, yes, I know how, how to say some. I know how to say some dirty things in the in the but German language. No, I do not know how to say twenty-one. <laughs> Japanese. Uh no, not anymore.
0: Man, we're really we're not very cultural. Not very cultured. <laughs> I am not the you're cultured not personality. For, you're not looking for I'm culture not a, on Sports Meets Beer. I'm not
1: in in a living color video. Nice. Yeah, that's a good reference right there. I, I love that. Lost half of our audience. <laughs> awesome. All twelve of them.
0: Well, we're here, episode twenty-one. We're back in studio. Let's not mention. Let's forget not forget to mention that
1: the comfort. Your r- voice r- sounds clear.
0: Do you hear that background noise? No, neither I neither don't. Do I. <laughs> <laughs> it's cause we're here in studio where it's actually professional. Uh I've literally set my timer on my laptop. I'm waiting for Chewy Gomez to walk by. We're gonna make <laughs> this happen. Yes. As I mentioned, he's actually doing a performance or of some sort in uh he'll be there in Santa Rosa in our home backyard, home turf uh at Remy's. I'm not gonna hype up his show, but I I feel like I should just drop in and be like put like I'm gonna hold up a piece of plexiglass and just walk by and like wave and see if he recognizes me. Yes, <laughs> that <good>. is outstanding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is outstanding.
0: Anyways, all right. So episode twenty-one. Here we are. Yeah, famous wha- number twenty-one athlete wearing number twenty-one. What do you think?
1: Uh, well, we we
0: we started getting this debate on the drive-in.
1: Yeah, um, and the three players that we were that we really debated were.
0: Uh, well, I don't know if it went to three, because it went. We mentioned three, and it went to
1: Well, yeah, but it started with Roberto Clemente. Right. And and then Deion Sanders. Yes. And and then Tim Tim Duncan.
0: Tim Duncan, who recently retired. Right. Which is uh, a pretty amazing stretch. Played for quite a while. 20 years. Yeah. 20-year
1: NBA career. Uh, 96. uh, Let's see. Nope. 97 to 2016. Yeah. First overall pick. And as I... Well, we'll get into that in a second. We immediately... Despite the impact that the guy had and the amazing talent that he was, we immediately removed Roberto Clemente from the discussion simply because his career was so short and not by any fault of his own. Right. It just, you know. Did he just we walk? missed Chewy. Gomez. God
0: ah! bless it. <laughs> Chewy. Come in here. Let's fucking get him in here.
2: What's up? Hey, are you
0: doing uh you're – do, you're coming to Santa Rosa this weekend, right? Nice, Brad. yeah We live in Santa Rosa Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, shit you alright? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ben What's up, man? That's Brad Nice Brad. to meet you Hold on. Okay. We talk about you all the time on this show Because I'm oh, like Every time we're talking <laughs> And I'm like Hey, Chewy Gomez walked by And then it's Hey, Chewy Gomez just waved
1: at me Hey, it's it's every episode You guys episode. have been building a relationship Through the window You <laughs> didn't even <laughs> know whether you way. Yeah, whether you know it or not
2: Come on and play your show one day If you guys want Alright Yeah, we'll do, do that in a
0: second I'm here 3 to 7 3 to 7? Don't you Just stop by Right on
3: Alright, Saturday. Yeah, all right, pop by. Ben's life was just made. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want to sound like an asshole. I always thought he was taller. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, went through the mirror. hey, man,
1: like I also don't want to sound like an asshole. His name is Chewy Gomez.
0: But hey, well, it was one of those things like a handshake, and he's like, "Hey, come on my show, promote your show." That well, was yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, that was awesome.
1: Was that whole did thing you- on the? Did we get all of that in the background? Yes.
0: Yeah. But it was like it's gotta be, but it's gonna be like background. It's not gonna sound like a legitimate recording. It's gonna be like, right? Hey, I smuggled. It's like a when you uh, click on a link to watch a movie, and someone's doing the webcam recording from their cell phone. It's gonna <laughs> yeah. be that's gonna be the equivalent. All right.
1: of this. That's all right. That's right. All we need is just like a quick three seconds of that for to prove that he walked in the fucking studio. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this week on Sports Meets Beer,
0: Chewy Gomez that's comes by right. again. We're gonna play the same loop over and over again. Oh, what's oh, up, guys? Gracious. have to be in Santa Rosa. Chewy, come on in here. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Well, that's a strike. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, back to our famous 21.
1: Famous 21s, yeah. yeah. No Roberto Clemente. Came down to Deion Sanders. And I bet Tim you Duncan.
0: Gomez used to wear 21. I'm what? just saying. I just feel it right now. <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> Frank Gore?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. I, wait, Frank Gore is still playing. He Like, you know, these guys typically...
3: Well, we're looking at legends, obviously. But. Right. And
1: Frank Gore is a 49er legend. Right. One of my favorite 49ers ever. Um, what? Why did you just look at me like that?
3: I didn't look at you like anything. You did.
1: I said favorite 49ers, and then you stopped. No, I was about- To take a mid You were going to take a drink, and then you stopped. Because
3: I haven't taken a sip of my drink yet.
1: Right, but you, that's my point. I would have thought that you would have said, yeah, you're right, and then sipped the drink. But you paused to make me think that, listen, the 49ers are terrible, and I'm having a hard time with it, and everything just put me on edge, okay? <laughs> I don't need you to judge me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Listen, I I agree. Frank Gore is he's a very likable athlete, very likable guy, the face of a franchise.
1: Yeah, for ten years, really.
0: I mean, that's, I, but I feel like it's been so much more. I feel like yeah. he's played for fifteen years.
1: Well, let's look it up.
0: Uh, Off the top of my head. Well, here's here's something that in in looking up Dion's stats, I completely and I don't know if this is by design. I completely spaced that he went. To the Redskins and the Ravens.
1: Oh, you know what? You know what I <laughs> A when we talk about that, the hiatus. Tr- yeah. Mind right.
0: you. So obviously we know him Falcons, Niners, Cowboys. I always thought he played for at least two to three years for the Niners. There was only one no, year. Just one year. Yeah. It yeah, just ninety
1: three, ninety four.
0: Yeah. Uh that yeah, ninety four. Uh I just, yeah, and then obviously, and then, then he sold his soul to the devil and went to the evil Cowboys.
1: Well, you could argue that he sold his soul to the devil with the Niners, because that was like the beginning of the salary cap, and he they couldn't really sign him for the what he was worth, and so he signed a $1 million contract, um, officially, Yeah, and no one's ever been able to confirm nor deny this story, but the rumor is, is that he and Eddie D and Karma Policy had a little, um, hey, we'll give you a million dollars on a contract, and... Here's two and a half under the table. Just come and get us over the hump.
0: That is, that is Eddie D. To a T. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what he operated with. That's what he did.
1: I don't... One day and we're going to...
0: And I'm not hating on that.
1: No, one Eddie day we're going to... Eddie DiBartolo was amazing. Yeah, one day we're going to get into the Eddie DiBartolo story. I, not today. Because now I'm upset because I got mad at boot for no reason. And now she's texting and not even listening. To yeah, this. I just... Part. The whole thing. Just, and now I'm looking at these pictures of Frank Gore in a Niner jersey and I just... <sighs> there we go. Goodness.
0: So... Famous
1: 21s outside of my boy, Frank Gore. Tim Duncan, Deion Sanders. Who uh, rocks the number 21 better? Well, Deion is in the Hall of Fame, correct? He's a Hall of Famer? He's a Hall uh, I believe he is. Yeah. Uh, can we get visual confirmation um, on the... Uh, boy, if we just only prepared for this show. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. So, they're both Hall of Famers. Let me just read off the resume of Timothy Theodore Duncan. Okay. Of the American Virgin Islands. Uh, he was drafted in 1997, first pick overall. Uh, in at which point they, the year before, obviously number one overall pick that they, they were terrible, and then the year after that they, they won the NBA title. So that's you know obviously impactful that way. Right. Uh, five-time NBA champion: 99, 03, 05, 07, in 2014. Three-time Finals MVP. Two-time Uh, League MVP, 15-time All-Star, one-time NBA All-Star Game MVP, 10-time All-NBA First Team, three-time All-NBA Second Team, two-time All-NBA Third Team, eight-time All-NBA Defensive Team, seven-time All-NBA Second Team, NBA Rookie of the Year, uh, San Antonio Spurs all-time leading scorer. Uh, Let's see what else. Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year in 2003, uh, and then his college career is even more... Is even more ridiculous. Uh twenty six thousand, twenty six thousand points, averaged nineteen points a game for his career, averaged ten point eight rebounds for his career, average two and a half blocks for his career. Um here's my question. Yeah. Did he have a hip hop album? <laughs> no. If there's one thing that Tim Duncan did not have, it's a hip hop album.
0: Well then it's one thing Dion has over him.
1: Uh now what are what are some of Dion Sanders' nicknames? Primetime, right? We know that one. Right. Neon Dion, we know right. that one. Uh, can they compare to uh, the big fundamental, Groundhog Day and Old man Riverwalk?
0: <laughs> but does someone really <laughs> I mean like he's walking out like the big fundamental. He's not it's on paper, dude. It's, he's it's, not.
1: But well, you, it, just because Dion called himself primetime,
0: <laughs> but they said primetime takes one back. It was when he, oh, no, when people he high refer,
1: steps. no people refer to him as a big fundamental all the time.
0: but when, when Dion high steps, it's pri- you're doing primetime.
1: Right, that's just one of those things. You do right. the dance. He called himself that. I, I'm. Yeah. You're immediately. We've said this on the show. Just like Matty Ice, Matt Ryan called himself that. Right. Kobe called himself the Black Mamba. It's out. Your, your nickname is out in any cogent conversation. Okay. So prime time done. Doesn't matter.
0: Okay. So matter. Neon Dion is better. No, it's it's not a good nickname. No, it's horrible.
1: Yeah, it's a worse nickname. But unfortunately, the other ones inadmissible because like he gave it to himself.
0: Character I should pull out of a Happy Meal.
1: Well. That and also, um, it led to a lot of uh, Falcons fans making signs when he signed with the Niners that said P on Dion. So, you know, it's, Aww, it's not really a good... Not a good idea. No. You know, nobody. He's not a road Scholar, that guy. Not a road Scholar. <laughs> no. no, he's not. So,
0: do we get into championships? I mean, that's the...
1: Well, we kind of said that before. You know, like I said, uh, Duncan's got five. five. It plays a factor. Of it course. has to. Duncan's got five. Five championships. Yeah. And Dion has how many? Three, three. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's either two or three. Because I, I don't, I don't remember if he won one with um, Dallas. If he won two at Dallas or one?
0: I'm trying to look it up right now.
1: Um, you know, we talked about uh, one of the things that we kind of said when we had the Tony Gwynn and uh, uh, Unidas argument. Right.
0: Was when we decided Unidas clearly won.
1: Right. Um, if you, we didn't decide that. If you were going to, you know, when you talk about the best. Players ever, right? At a position, all right. When you talk about the best quarterbacks ever, the top five is United. in that list? Is United one of the top twenty-five players in the in that sport? Is you know? And the answer was maybe. And Tony Gwynn, the answer was yes.
0: By the way, Deion only has two.
1: He only has two. Yes, so he won one with Dallas. I I thought so. I thought so. Um, Now with you know Tim Duncan. Now it's obviously when you talk about sport to sport, right? um, You know, we kind of said, you know, is You know, is Duncan the best power forward in the history of the league? And the answer is probably yes, probably yes. Um, you know Carl Malone was great in terms of scoring and whatnot. Um, they really sort of redefined what a power forward could be because Tim Duncan's really a center at seven right. feet tall. Um, when you talk about Deion Sanders, is he the best defensive back in the history of the league? No. Is he the best corner? I mean, he might be the best defensive back in the history of the league we, but we came up with you know four names. You know fairly quickly in terms of like you know, you know is he as big as like Rod Woodson or Charles Woodson right like is right. that you know you have other ways so if you're going to start your franchise, and again it's a tough argument because it's totally different sports, you know if you were to go through and pick a guy and say okay I got to start a football franchise with Deion Sanders my number one pick or I would start a basketball franchise with Tim Duncan as my number one pick what's the answer? What's Tim Duncan? I mean that's now again the argument holds. You know, it doesn't hold quite as much water as I would like it to because it helps me win, but because um, the art, you know, it's your it, one corner doesn't have on a, you know, on a field with 22 guys on it on a roster of 53 doesn't have nearly the impact as one guy on a field with, or on a court with, you know, five guys on it and a roster of only 12. So obviously, you know, obviously there's more, there's something to consider with that, right? Because it's, you know, it, it's, you're already one tenth of the way there as opposed to one. Fiftieth of the way there, when you, right. you know, when you right. when you take Deion Sanders. So again, I, I think we got to go to the listeners here. We've had you know we had a good solid two responses to the last we, <laughs> to the last one of these.
0: Thank you, and they were both named Kevin. That's a weird thing.
1: Uh, and they disagreed.
0: They did. They disagreed. Well, one of them is my friend. One of them is your friend.
1: Uh, wow. They're your, gonna, they're well, gonna, both going to be pissed to know that apparently. We're here. Yeah, we, our we're friendships, friendships are with
0: each dissolved. Either. Yeah, but here is the thing. I mean, you and you and Kevin Brink are clearly closer friends than him and I. He sided with you. Rickman and I are closer friends. He sided with me. It's one of those things.
1: Right. Well, you know, I I think that a lot of that has to do with, you know, sort of the baseball versus football allegiances, too. That has a big part of it as well. Absolutely. (laughs) Because
0: Rickman's an A's fan and they suck. They are
1: fucking, God... Although, don't get me started on baseball right now. We're gonna well, we're gonna get into that yeah, here in a few minutes. Exactly,
0: we're gonna talk about it. So we're gonna uh, have to. Actually, uh, that's, right, not a, so that's not a bad segue. Let's. Uh, I I personally agree. I think Tim Duncan to me uh, is the famous twenty-one. With an honorable mention to Dion. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, we'll leave it up to the listeners. So maybe I'm gonna. It's a challenge. We'll we'll throw the gauntlet out. Um, I have a, a three dollar coupon for Arby's for each person. <laughs> That's five sandwiches, you guys. That's it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> for anyone who wants to chime in on this on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the above. Maybe we'll post a funny picture of each one of them. Give a yay or nay on Instagram. See if we could do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um I well, you brought up baseball. I think it's probably time that we we talk a You're little right, bit I about did. it. I did. Um, we're a week after the All-Star break.
0: Right. Uh, I, correct well, me if I'm wrong. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be a jerk here. Uh, last show, All-Star break, Giants were had the best record uh, they, in baseball. They did. They right. did. Um, I have not watched any baseball since. How how are the Giants doing? <laughs> you are being a jerk. Uh, the Giants have lost I five. I literally have not watched any baseball. I just know the answer to that question. The
1: Giants have lost five in a row uh, since... Uh, since the All Star break, and where they they are now tied for the second best record in all of baseball. Actually, that's not true. They are tied for the best record in baseball now, um, which just goes to show you that a how good they were, and b how a lot of teams coming out of the break here are starting to falter. Um, there's not really anybody on a big run. The Marlins are seven and three since, or seven and three in their last ten. Um, the Red Sox are eight and two, so that's pretty good. Um, but the Giants, you know. I try not to get too high or too low at this point in the season. Um, Boot, you can step in because you're a Giants fan. You're probably trying to catch up on it right now with your black and orange phone case. But I I try not to get too high or too low. The season is 162 games. So you're going to – you know, your 130th of the season took place this week. Right. right? And so, you know, that's why I don't get too excited when they rip off 10 in a row and I don't get too low when they lose five in a row. But it feels – like my opinion is that they they are – you know they had a lot of role players and bench guys playing really well going into the break, um, and those guys are bench players and role players for a reason. So if they have positive momentum, you'd like to try and keep that going. But then you gave them a week off, really. Right. And so now they have to try and regain that momentum. If you have pros like Panic and Pence and Duffy in the lineup, even though Duffy's pretty young, but you got those guys in the lineup, you know, they, um, you know, they're able to kind of keep it going. They know how to handle the break. They know how to come back out of it. They've and done it before. Exactly. You know, so uh, there's a part of me that the offense, even though they scored seven runs last night against the Red Sox, still lost. But, you know, the offense kind of had trouble in San Diego and, you know. Uh, but what really makes me nervous is the amount of home runs that the team is suddenly giving up. They've given each starter – so they've played five games since the break. They've given up – the starters have given up ten home runs. That's not good. No. That's not good. Um, the bowl- and they've been pretty big home runs. Yeah. I mean, a home run's a home run, but – How done are you with Santiago Casilla, boot?
3: Uh, I've I've been done with them for a long time, but that last one uh, took the cake.
1: Now, I, I <laughs> fuck. The only option in my mind is to go to Sergio Romo at this point, right? Which I hate in the ninth because he's only got the one pitch. He can't get lefties. But you, it's in Casilla's head now.
3: You, yeah, he's well. He's a total head case to begin. Now,
1: with. I mean, he's he well, yeah. He yeah. is now for sure, but. Uh, Do you remember, I I mean, you've been a baseball for a long time. You remember Armando Benitez? Right. There was a game, the Giants were playing the Marlins. They were in Florida. Uh, Benitez had given up like two hits and a walk to load the bases. Mm -hmm. He balked in the tying run, and then on the next batter, went uh, 0-2 to the hitter, and then balked in the winning run. Uh. And so my question is, you know, I'm afraid Sanjay Garcia might be going that route. And, I, you know, they're going to do something. They're not going to make the big trade that everybody wants. But, you know, when you're as a baseball fan, you know, when do you start to kind of panic and start to get nervous and really kind of start as a fan start to feel? I mean, panic's a relative word, right? But like, when do you really kind of start to grip a little bit if you're watching this season?
3: Yeah, well, see, the the. The thing is, is we always have this kind of... Th- this isn't new to us, right? This is the torture, torture baseball. Torture. This is the torture, torture baseball that we're that we're used to. Um, what has been nice about this year that was very similar to, like, 2014 was we had such a great start that we yep. have a little bit of this cushion so we have some room to, like, this little wiggle room to, to, to work with so that we're not pushing any crazy buttons yet, right? Right, right. Um.
1: Well, remember this year they started like fifteen and seventeen or something like that, right? They were,
3: and then they just all of a sudden, as
1: opposed to twenty fourteen when they came out so hot, so it feels a little bit different. But yeah, I, you know, I, would, you bring up a good point though. You know, it does feel a little bit like, you know, this start was so good. You just you cannot have them just go like you know six and fifteen to end July, right? <laughs> like, right, please right. God, that can't be and, the case. And
3: and to make it. A little bit easier. They're not struggling as bad as we are, but they are losing a little bit. Are the Dodgers? So that 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 lead that we have isn't completely going to shit, considering that we did just lose five games in a row right, and well, we were what five and a half back yeah, or five ahead, five and a half ahead. We're
1: five and a half ahead at the break, and it's only they've only the uh, Dodgers only gained a game and a half right during this five game skid. And the Dodgers, there's talk that Kershaw might not come back this year, which. You know, I'm a realist baseball fan that Dodgers actually won today. But I'm a realistic baseball fan. I am not a guy that roots for injuries or anything like that. And Kershaw, he's one of the all-time greats. So if he's not around, that's kind of a bummer. Um, But as a Giants fan, it does make you feel a little bit better because at least then, like, now none of the five starts that the Dodgers get out of their starters are sure things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, with the Giants, for the most part, you're going to get two sure things. Sometimes, you know, you're going to get two. You know what you're getting out of Cueto. You know what you're getting out of Bumgarner. Samarja so is good, but he's inconsistent, and then the last two are just a mess. So, you know, with the Dodgers, you know, uh, Alex Wood is on the shelf, and Ryu is back on the DL, and maida has been good, but then, you know, Kazmir's been okay. So you just, you had Kershaw to kind of be the stopper. Now there's no stopper. So, you know, they're going to make some trades, too. I think they're going to trade Yaziel Puig, actually. I don't know if you've been kind of following that. I
3: haven't followed that. I haven't heard that at all.
1: Apparently wow. they've really they've leaked that out, that they're really open to trading him. I don't. Although, um, he, you can take his... You know, emotional instability. If he's hitting three twenty, you're not taking it. If he's hitting two sixty, no. So, um, so it's interesting. I so I, so I guess you know I'll open the question up now to just all sports, really. Um, you know, you're saying that with I, I think you and I are in the same boat here. Really, we've seen this with the Giants before. You know, and baseball is such a long grind. Like you can't a five game losing streak is going to happen at some point. You know, you can't really panic in July. Like if they go on like on a five game losing streak late in September, right? Then yeah, that's or, a problem.
3: Yeah, actually, a friend, uh, a lo- another longtime Giants friend, kind because I always, I always pay attention to like the June swoon that we didn't have this year. Yeah, yeah. And and I kind of made note of it when we had such a great June. And uh, he he told me he said, think about August. He goes, that's when we start to get tired and we start to. Yeah. Eat. So I guess it's if if we're feeling like this, you know. Three weeks from now, you know, right,
1: right, <laughs> and that's true. And we, we talked about it a little bit on the show last week or two week last week and the week before. You know, being five and a half games up at the all star break doesn't mean anything. You know, I mean, it's not there's just so much baseball left to be played, so yeah, it sucks. And because you know, we watch all these games, but so you know, as far as football, I mean, you're a diehard football fan, Ben. Yes, at what point, in the, if you know, the Raiders have aspirations to really make some noise and make a playoff run this year, you know. With the expectation of them making the playoffs, I mean, let me ask you this. Do you feel, do you expect them to win the division, or do you expect them to just challenge for the division and get in the playoffs?
0: Uh, I expect them to challenge and potentially win. I think it's going to, to me, it's one of those things where if it's a challenge and they happen to not win the division and somehow miss out on the wild card, at least they challenge. Like I said, I'm. everyone's talking about how good they will be. Uh, I'm hoping that they will be that good I think on paper they will be but at the end of the day I really feel like they're going to be ch- a challenging opponent they're going to be more challenging than they were in the last 15 years probably right. um this is the best team on paper they've had in a while so I think they're going to you know and we you're uh, we're pretty much bringing this around to when do I begin to panic as a fan well and, i, I and the reason
1: why yeah and the but the reason I'm setting it up a little bit because like sometimes, like if you expect them to go four and twelve, you never really panic. No, you're like, oh, no, well, there's they, no panic. You only well, panic 4
0: if you run out of uh, beer in the tailgate. That's yeah. what you panic.
1: Like about. for example, like with the Niners this year, like I know that they're not good, so you root for like certain like aspects of the team to grow. And right. You want to see guys get good, and so like when the Niners were loaded with talent, like those games that they would lose when they went, you know, they even the year they went to the Super Bowl, they had games that were like. I can't how many times are you going to have a false start? How many times are you right. going to have a delay a game? Like they beat themselves really. when you're so good that you beat themselves, those games are so frustrating. Right. Those are the ones that make me angry. The season like this year and last year, I knew they were going to be bad. so the season like it sucks that they're not good, but the games aren't so like horrifyingly like maddening. Right? No,
0: but I, I think you know any it doesn't matter what sport you talk through. I mean you know hockey, basketball, baseball, whatever. uh every hopeful fan has an idea of how far their team will go and and then you know like in baseball it's such a long season same thing with hockey uh in and, and, and basketball is too there's as far as amount of games played uh at some point you're gonna look at it and go okay yeah you can have a bad run and it, it's totally acceptable and if you have a bad run in, in in football I mean you know it's a 16-week season right so you have a bad run for three or four games I mean that's
1: you lose one game in football, it's the equivalent of a 10-game losing streak in right.
0: baseball. And that doesn't happen very often. No. 10-game losing streak does not happen yeah. very often. But uh, as far as, you know, when you talk about football and the panic setting in, um, you know, once you're past week four and your team drops below 500, that, that to me is when panic, it's like, oh, we're so close. And, and there was a lot of, like, I'll use the Raiders last season, there was there was two or three games, you know, when you say they should have won. Yeah. Right? And it's whether they beat themselves or the team just came out ahead and did and outplayed them uh, and then a lot of times you know officiating whatever factor you in, you you want to lean on but there was times where they should have won those games and those are the ones that are, again are the heartbreakers but that's you know you don't panic after those losses you panic when you have that that slide that downhill slide and you're you're below 500 and then because it, it's so hard to come back from a two game losing streak in football yeah. you lose two back to back that's rough. Yeah, I mean, it's probably it's either two roads or you know one road one home try to get the game, the team back. I mean, yeah, that, home losses
1: some, in football really hurt. Oh, absolutely, really they hurt. sting. They yeah. sting
0: so bad. Um, you know, as far as baseball is concerned, like you mentioned, you know, if, as long as your losing streak isn't matched by someone's winning streak, it's kind of what we right. alluded to earlier. So if you have you know like a five game losing streak, um, like the Giants have, as long as the Dodgers haven't had the same right. five win five game winning streak then you're still comfortable right you're still in a good place you feel like you're still in control of your destiny because that point you're you're at that point you're losing you know two games you're you you lose two games in in the in the run but at the same time you know it, once you go beyond five game I mean if there's not any adjustments made by the organization based in San Francisco there's going to be some questions like that's just it seems like five games is rough for as good as they were before the all-star break well there's a lot going Inju- on I-, I know there's injuries and all those things let's while we're talking about this let's sip on this delicious beer that i've poured
1: well how about we sip on this beer the i'll decide if it's delicious or not thank you very much oh okay well you know whatever
0: <laughs> i th- i feel like i'm a good judge of character uh we're friends we you- like a lot of the same thing did
1: you pick this based on the label because
0: i picked this on the availability I'm not okay. gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> this happened to be free and in my office today <laughs> All right. Now so. this is uh, you, know, um, you know we talk a lot about uh, different beers, things like that. This is uh, a new one from uh, from Bend, Oregon. That's dropped on my desk uh, amongst four other breweries. Did you
1: say Bend? I did say Bend, Oregon. That's funny because we, as it ha- as luck would have it, happen to have a correspondent in Bend, Oregon, as we speak, who is uh, collecting data. As it were, and by data I mean beer. You mean ounces? Ounces, yeah. <laughs> and cholesterol. Yeah. <Malt. laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's going to be joining us, uh, I believe, next week here on Sports Meets Beer to discuss the Bend beer scene and to bring us some. Uh,
0: well, the Bend beer sing scene is pretty uh, pretty cool. Yeah. They have just in the city of Bend, I believe they just reached twenty eight. I can hear that's awesome. Yep, that's good. That's good. That's good radio right there. Good podcasting.
1: I was getting my mouth prepared for this delicious beer. Um, Allegedly delicious. But
0: the beer. the Bend scene is, uh, you know, they it's it's very similar to Northern California. Um, you know, lot of lot of obviously good raw materials, uh, tons of great ideas, and they've got a lot of good breweries there. Um, Bend is running out of water, so you're not going to see a lot of new breweries starting there because this, the city is essentially kibosh that. You know, water really th- well. it's... Just like anywhere else water's in demand I mean you know, when you're in you know the pack Northwest or northern california uh we're not we're not as lucky as Southern California where we can just steal our water from everyone up north um you know there's you know water is a huge factor that's just going to be the case for a lot of breweries opening up and I, I think as you start moving out to the to the midwest and in other areas um, you're going to find that that water is going to be the biggest the biggest uh problem that any new brewery has uh the second problem is going to be raw materials i was just going to say
1: even more than like some of the like the hop availabilities well hop
0: you know hop availabilities you can there's there are so many different varieties of hops so you can change there's there's only one way of getting water it's that simple so um you know there's a couple brews out there that are really advocating for less water usage Mm -hmm. um, and there's ways of changing that but ultimately water is a huge part of this process Um, and we talked about the water chemistry you know this is uh the chemist out at napa smith schooled me not so long ago about you know the water chemistry and the ph balance in water and the difference i mean it's huge difference
1: i just had the uh napa smith pilsner yeah solid yeah Yeah, he dropped off a sample it was great
0: uh, we got to get out there and actually their um their head brewer and their chemist are are willing to come on the show i said call them back well, I just haven't called them back. I'm a loser.
1: Uh how many brewers did you say they haven't been?
0: Uh there's like 20 in in Bend proper. There's like 28.
1: That's amazing. There are only uh estimated population in 2013 was only 81,000.
0: Right. It's very close to that still. It's it's a lot of uh summer vacation homes.
1: That is amazing.
0: So there's a lot of beer going on there. The so this uh this is worthy brewing. That's what we're talking to drink real quick before I Take a sip, um, Worthy. Uh, if you go to their website, which is worthybrewing.com. dot um, I firsthand enjoyed the owner, CEO of the company, guy who started it all. Uh, very passionate guy. It's very hard not to be uh, to feel his passion and taste you know taste his beers right in front of him. The guy who came up with them and made them and everything else. Um, however, there's not a big story on their website. And I will be happy to tell him this tomorrow. Like, hey, dude, like, (laughs) like it's all about the story. Like, your story is amazing. How come it's not on the website? I could have a video of him in our sales meeting, and that content would be amazing on the website. And it's not there. Uh, They've got a great—I mean, they've got an awesome brew facility. They've got the expansion capabilities. They've got a good pilot system. I mean, you—you know, it's not about what a brewery can do. It's what they've done. Uh, They've made good beers. That's, that's the upside to this whole thing.
1: It smells like uh, the milk left over after a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Ooh, very nice.
0: So we're drinking the the Easy Day Kolsch. So yeah. that's the uh, the name of this one. Obviously, Kolsch-style, German-style beer. It's traditionally going to be a light-filtered product. Um, this is a... Uh, I believe a uh uh yeah, well the thing with the Kolsch is that it's a uh top fermenting, uh, but it's also gonna be a chilled fermentation process versus a ale, which is bottom for uh top fermenting. Bottom fermenting. I'm getting confused by my own self here. But uh This
1: is delightful, you're right.
0: It is. I I will say this. I think that Mike Hess Kolsch was better. I disagree. Oh, I I, I agree with myself i like
1: and don't get me wrong i, lo- I love the mike Hess. right i love the my um
0: I, I still now when i say you know we're splitting atoms at this point i think you know it's like oh this coal is be better than the other this is a it's to me is a very 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 small margin between number one and number two i like
1: this one better uh because i think that the carbonation is better and we've said this a number of times on the show that right. you know carbonation and like from an easy drinking and light drinking standpoint for me um uh, yeah it's, it's got a
0: good malt backbone
1: yeah yeah
0: um, it's got good flavor it's crisp i mean don't get me wrong if you're out in anything 80 degrees and above and someone hands you a craft kolsch a really really good kolsch you are going to drink it up and want to bathe your whole body in it it's so crisp it's refreshing it says it's all those things really
1: like great like lemon bitter dryness towards the end too like absolutely uh, this is, uh, I, <laughs> this is awesome. It's right. awesome.
0: It's a good, it's really, really good beer. And again, it's, you know, a can, you'll be able to see the picture on our, uh, social media. The can is, is sharp. Uh, it's, it's really cool. Uh, again, it's the, uh, you know, it's a Kolsch style. I mean, you you get what, you know, you, you, you get what you get out of a Kolsch. Um, we're thanks. Going, we're going tap to this.
1: Yeah, I'm going on tap to this right now because right. awesome. I've been so bad at doing that shit. But oh, uh the way.
0: no, we've got a good one. We've got two other beers from Worthy, and then we've got another one out of Prescott, Prescott Brewing Company. So we actually have four beers today. Whoa! As we mentioned in the intro, four beers. Yes.
1: How much do you think an Uber is from San Francisco to Rosa?
0: I don't know. It's a great question. The better question is, how do we get sleeping bags in Boot Studio?
1: Well, now that we know the, the key, now that we know the code to the key box, yeah, <laughs> we're in here before Boot. Ooh! Awesome.
0: Well, we we. We got off track from yep. baseball, maybe on purpose.
1: Well, no, we didn't get off track on baseball. We were kind of talking about, like, at what point in your season. So baseball, you're really, we kind panic. of established that you're panicking. If And I think, like, the point at which you were panicking has a lot to do with, you know, a lot to do with what your expectation of the season is. Right. right? Because if you, like I said, if you think they're going, if you think the Niners are going 4-12, and which a lot of people do, um, I, you know, then you don't panic ever. Right? Because right. even, even if they go 3-0 and to start the year, you know that the slide is coming. Right. Right? Because the expectation is so low. If you think they're winning the Super Bowl, which they're not, you know, then you panic the second they lose the first game. I begin,
0: I begin to panic when the Cowboys have won more than two back-to-back. Oh, God. I start panicking just because they're the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, but... is it, Now, let me ask you this. So this is a topic we have not previously discussed. <laughs> what is okay. better? For the team to be atrocious... Or for, is Boot leaving? She's at it. <laughs> Fucking, I'm out of here. <laughs> what's worse I'm for the go, team? I'm hanging out with Chewy Gomez. You guys suck. For the team that you hate to like be awful, or for them to like be good and then lose in absolutely heartbreaking fashion. What's worse, or what's better?
0: Well, it's it's six a half, six of one and half a dozen of the other. Um, you look at it like I'll use the Patriots this year. Yes, Tom Brady has a suspension for four games. Yeah. Right. First four games of the season. He did that. He took the suspension now so that he doesn't have to face one later in the year if it went to the Supreme court.
1: And also because he waited until he renegotiated his contract. So the amount of money he's losing is only like a hundred grand a game or something like that.
0: So he, so I, would I want the Patriots are, are are they going to lose the first four? Not totally. They'll probably lose two of the four. I don't even know who they're playing to be honest. They'll, they'll go 500 out of that. But do I want to see them lose? Absolutely. Do I I want to see them miss the wild card or a playoff option because of that suspension? Absolutely I do. Now, is Tom Brady really going to lose? Let's just say the suspension wasn't going to happen this year. And he goes. And they lose a heartbreaking game. He's not going to lose a heartbreaking game. It's Tom Brady. Let's not kid
1: ourselves. Right, but doesn't doesn't that make... Doesn't it make yeah, that but, better? But
0: it's, it's more realistic to, for me to see them you know, slide down in the in the first half of the season, or just to see that and go, ah, now they have to do something incredibly awesome to to, to salvage this season, and you know that can't happen. The odds are stacked against them, and they still lose. Like that's still
1: see. I I I'm equally as thrilled when my the team that I hate that loses. For example, uh, when Seattle uh, was on the one yard line against New England in the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah. And had a chance to win it if they just handed it off to Beast Mode and then threw it to Ricardo Laquette And then, you know, interception, Seattle thought they had it won and to look at Pete Carroll's stupid face <laughs> and Richard Sherman's stupid face, that was way better than if they had lost earlier in the playoffs, which I had wanted them to do. Right, but it's the road
0: getting there. I don't know if I can handle that. I I fully I fully expect and would can't wait to see Romo get injured in, in you know, in the first <laughs> We do not condone rooting for No, injuries. no, no, no not, not, I'm not suggesting <laughs> no, for a second i you saying I don't No, I don't But <laughs> it's one of those things like I can expect Romo to hurt himself in week one or two and I just can't wait to see the, the balloon of joy escape every single Cowboys fan I just can't wait
1: And see, it's, yeah, so this is more about that's more about your hatred for the fanhood Right than it is for the actual team itself Right for Well, the it's Cowboys. Also, I
0: got a little bit of respect I mean, you know being that my crazy owner is now passed on, and Jerry Jones is now the crazy owner of the NFL, oh he's taking over. Let's so, let's not
1: talk about crazy owners, please.
0: <laughs> well, let's take, uh, let's enjoy this Kolsch. Let's uh, take a quick break, and we'll circle back. More beer, more sports, more meats, sports meats beer. Meets beer. <laughs> Speaking of that song, I saw one of the funniest YouTube videos ever today. Is all of Lars Ulrich fails. <laughs> oh really? Oh my god! Really? Oh. And there he are m- many. There are plentiful. He misses so many cues. Does- I, one of the things I, I feel like I feel bad shit on the guy because he yeah he's-, god, he's not a good drummer,
4: dude. Uh, so I, I played the drums and my back in seventh grade, my drum teacher was his drum teacher, and I remember going in there when Ride the Lightning came out. I was wearing a T-shirt and my drum instructor is like. Dude, you like that that band? I'm like, yeah, man. I'm gonna learn how to play this whole record. He's like, he's the worst drummer. He can't even do he <laughs> can't even do triplets. And he just like bagged on him for like a half hour. I'm like, dude,
2: what, why, why? Yeah, it just goes what to show. I, it try. just goes to show
1: if you're a marketing genius, man. That's all it takes. That's right. Whatever it takes. Oh well, welcome, God. welcome
0: in studio, <laughs> Mr. Mike Nelson. That's right. Hello. Yeah, that's right. We brought him in for the drumming segment of Sports Meets yes, Beer Meets exactly. Drums.
4: Yeah. Well, I <laughs> thought this was Sports Metallica Beer. Yeah. Sports. Yeah. We uh,
0: tricked you yet again. Sports <laughs> Meets Drums. I like it. Nice. I like it. Welcome back from break. We had a lot of things. We, we kind of went through our, I, th- I think we sent the episode log to the wood chipper. Yeah, we, we, got we a lot really kind of kinda did. like yeah. We talk about this, but we got dinner waiting, so I don't know what we're gonna do. A lot has
1: really kind of changed here. Usually, like we'll get up, one of us will take a leak at the break. Mike walked in, we're like, "Ah, let's just go right back to the mic's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Let's Do it, man. <laughs> let's
0: just. <laughs> oh gosh! All but right.
1: Well,
4: this might be like the meatiest uh, uh, podcast ever because I am I am like literally the biggest recovering meathead ever, like ever. <laughs> I played I played football in college, and and I, at one point I was such a meathead where I I, I took my mattress. And got in, and and got rid of it and just slept on like the the metal grates, like what? on my bed because I thought it would make me tougher and more hard. <laughs> you had I mean, to have seen that in a movie. No, no, I mean that was like I mean that's like how crazy I was, man. I was like anything to be like bigger, faster, stronger, tougher, harder.
1: That sounds like that sounds like the uh, that sounds like the plot from uh, Billy Madison. Isn't that where he's the hockey player? Which one? Oh no, that's (laughs) Happy Gilmore, Gilmore, where he's the hockey player and goes to goes the batting cage, just just takes him off.
0: Could be the plot for any every movie. movie. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) let's not get ourselves.
4: That's true, (laughs) true.
0: Well, we're going to continue on the sports theme Uh, as Brad is. We're going to we're going to talk a little more about some NFL. We got three weeks, three weeks till players report. I know, can't
1: wait. You know, football really is. uh, it's it no it doesn't end anymore. I mean, it's the king. We've said this a hundred well, times.
0: It's I feel the same way. There's a lot of sports that don't end, you know. And I, I'm not ai by any stretch of the means. I'm not a NASCAR fan, but NASCAR season goes very long, and there's a lot of off season trades or motors, or whatever they're doing. But that that goes a long time. Same thing with football. Now there's so much between the NFL Combine. You know, you talk about uh, OT uh, OTAs. OTAs. And then camps. now, yeah, mini camps. And everything else. I mean, you feel like it's it's twenty four seven now. These guys yeah. don't get a break. Yeah. So well, plus there's a TV show, Ballers, that Commissioner Goodell wouldn't let players appear on. Allegedly, allegedly, I believe. Hey, you know, you put Goodell and Mark Wahlberg in a room. Mm. I trust Mark Wahlberg.
1: <laughs> that dude stabbed another guy in the eye with a pencil. Yeah. You trust the, the eye-stabber more than the the stabber And then he the recorded one of the greatest <laughs> songs in the world, Good Vibrations.
4: True, true. In his underwear, dude. He didn't exactly. care. Punching and, that heavy bag. And,
1: and he produced, and he produced uh, Entourage, great right. baller. Uh, He's yeah. got the touch of gold. Yeah. And his brother he makes, makes great burgers. Yeah. Not Donnie, the Allegedly. other brother. Allegedly. The yeah. other fucking
0: brother. <laughs> yeah. He's like Peyton Manning's brother. I bet you Peyton Manning's brother- and Mark Wahlberg's brother are probably
4: buddies. Hey, just w- hating on their brothers.
0: Yeah. The thir- what's, up,
4: what's up? What's up with that dude? Uh, I can't remember. It shows all his advertising. The uh, the pizza guy. That, that uh, like Papa Murphy. Papa John's. John's. Papa John, the guy that's, that's like, in love with uh, Peyton with, with Peyton Manning. Oh. was that like the weirdest sporting moment ever at the when, end of the Super Bowl? When he kissed him, he like breaks through, <laughs> and like shakes his hand and kisses. Yeah, like that was like the one of the weirdest things I've ever seen at any sporting event ever. Because it's like, what? Like, this guy has lost his mind. Like, 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 the the line between, like, a a pizza commercial and reality. Like, the Super Bowl, the world's biggest sporting event, (laughs) just (laughs) merged. And I'm like, and all I can think of is that Papa John – had that written into a contract, was like, listen, Peyton, we're going to give you $50 billion to eat our crappy pizza, but if you win the Super Bowl, I get to come out and kiss you on live TV. Like yeah. they, they had to put that in the and contract. And man
0: is like, I'm,
1: there's no way I'm winning
0: the Super Bowl, so whatever.
1: <laughs> Shit. Well, you know what I – so he owns, like – he, he owns, like, owns a bunch of franchises. That's ridiculous. He like owns a bunch of Papa John's franchises. 20 so, plus. Like, listen, I know you're interested in buying 10 – but I'll give you 20 if yeah. you let me kiss you on the mouth in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, that seems weird. How about 15 if I can kiss you on the forehead? All right, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kiss you on the forehead like a little baby. <laughs> so
0: weird, man. That was very weird. You're yeah. right. No, You're dude, right. that's that. Yeah. Pap- well, on top of that, Papa John's. So Kobe did a commercial for Ghostbusters, and then Papa John's did one for Ghostbusters.
1: What? Yeah, dude. Oh, God. It, it, and I'm like,
0: he's like living a life, a childhood life dream of wanting to dress up as a Ghostbuster and slime
4: somebody.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's really
0: weird. This is it's becoming a, a very weird enigma of himself.
4: Like that's the thing. Is like I, I get Papa John is like a billionaire, right? So he can do whatever he wants because he has the money to do it. But it's disappointing. To me, because it's like, dude, really you have all this money, and this is what you want. You <laughs> want to make out yeah. of Peyton Manning? Like, that's what you decide to yeah, do. Like, this is your goals. Like, this is what you're doing. Like, come on, bro. Like, step it up.
1: Like, well, I, maybe, maybe it was they didn't want to make it awkward. Papa John short sighted, so they just went after Peyton Manning's forehead because of how large it is. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's, that's what exactly. it ultimately is. Like, it's like an image saver, really. <laughs> so goodness. Well, that's a perfect segue <laughs> into what I wanted to bring up here. So CBS yeah? Sportsline did this uh, great list. They do it every year, and I actually think Pete Prisco, who writes these things can be kind of a clown at times um, but he wrote these he Does did these he hate two, on Papa John's pizza? uh I don't know if he's ever written about Papa John's pizza but he wrote he did this thing he listed the most overrated and the most underrated player for all 30 uh, 32 NFL teams I'm, okay. I'm obviously not going to rip through all of them because most of the underrated guys are like nose tackles and mm. like you know backup strong safeties that you've never heard of right let's talk about our teams well I'm gonna talk about our teams and then uh, uh, and then the surprise overrated, the surprise underrated, and then I, I'm going to ask you guys what you think about Fair enough. Uh, one name, one particular name. So overrated uh, for the Raiders. I already kind of told you. Mike, who do you are a Raider fan? Who do you think is the most overrated player on his list, the most Ugh. overrated player on the Raiders?
4: Man, that's, a, that's a, you know, I, I'm kind of delusional when it comes to the Raiders, dude. You, you could take, like, a crappy player and put a silver and black helmet on him and, I, I, you know, I'm a, he's my hero. Right. Um, I don't know, man. That's tough. Basically, uh, he just
1: breaks it down. Like, who's the player on the team that gets more love than he deserves based on his quality of play? And it's not necessarily that the guy sucks or anything like that, but you know, mm,
4: that's because I want to go like uh, Watson on the O line, but you know, that's kind that's kind of a little too deep. But if you're talking like kind of like a, like a, one of the big players, even though I really love him, I think Latavius Murray, I think he's a little overrated, man.
1: All right, Ooh. all right. It's I actually, know. And, I mean, I'm just
4: saying, like, one. I love no, the no, guy, no. but I, I'm know? with you.
1: You're actually right there. You're actually right there. The guy that he lists is Marcel Reese, mm-hmm. and he said the reason why that happens, he made his, he went to his fourth Pro Bowl last year in like one of his least productive seasons. So he's at the stage in his career where he's going on like, you know, on name really.
4: Yeah. I mean I would say that he's benefited being on some really horrible, horrible teams. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean? true. Like, Best and, player and, on a bad team. Yeah, sure. and he's and he's kinda has like also that friendly face. He's multidimensional. He plays multiple positions. Like yep. you know, he's kind of like a, a multi purpose dude. So I think that uh you know, I think when the Raiders look for someone to send to a Pro Bowl or you know, try to force someone any, in there. Yeah, anybody in the Pro Bowl. You know, I, you know, it's like, okay, how about this guy? Because other than Janikowski, yeah, he's not stabbing someone not been, in the face.
0: Yeah, there's know? not been anybody <laughs> yeah. Pro Bowl worthy on the Raiders yeah, in, in a, a while, long, long, long time. Uh, but you know, the funny thing is, you know, up, up until last year, obviously he had a a PED violation that was uh, uh, for an over the counter medicine. Um, you know, it's one of those things where he's a he's a great face of the franchise. Um, you know, he's been there for quite uh, eight years seven eight years yeah uh i feel like you know it's one of those things where i feel he does he is he probably is overrated in the in the sense of like his last two years have not been productive uh but i feel like he's he's that player that you can't sleep on and he's he could have a breakout moment at any given time so you look at that and go: Is he really overrated, or is he just one of those things like, well, he just hasn't produced, and it, it, he's gone through some offensive schemes that really haven't included mm. him? And that's, you, true. You know, you also, that's true. You also you start bringing in, you know, young flashy receivers and a new quarterback and all those things, and you've got everything in a in a, in a aging player. It's it, it works against you in those positions. You know, you're looking for someone that's you know, that could go seamlessly, or you know, you have a, a good relationship with your quarterback. You know, if it, if they had a quarterback for the last seven seasons. Uh, I guarantee his stats would be higher. Sure, but the fact is they've also they've gone through a lot of tight ends, they've gone through a lot of receivers, uh, and they've changed their just the everything soup to nuts. So when you have a player of that caliber in that situation, I feel like you're gonna get passed around because you are that all around player.
1: And as a fullback, you're you're the you run the majority of your the plays. Run for you are the lowest risk plays. So when your mm-hmm, offense right. is not good, your guys getting. Hey man, it's you know, it's third and four. Let's just give it to the fullback of the middle because we can't afford the turnover anyway. Yeah.
4: Well, it, and, like you were saying, he he benefits from just being there, from being around for almost a decade. Sure. Really. Right. Yeah. Sure. And it's
0: all you know, and and uh I do know that that uh, he goes him and uh Mark Davis go to Hooters like every Wednesday or whatever. They roll through there. <laughs> yeah, baby. They do like all you get like wing Wednesdays yeah. to this day. Like it's one of those things like
1: it's a known thing. Well Marshall still- get in Mark Davis's white Mini Astro van? Will he ride in that thing?
0: Uh, I'm sure he takes his own vehicle. because thing I've I've had a, f- a few opportunities to speak to Marcel outside of football. I hear he's a great level. dude. He's one of the nicest guys ever. His wife's super nice. The whole thing, like he's he is the the complete package as far as a the kind of person you want in the NFL. His and I, personality I, I, is not overrated. No, not at all. <laughs> oh, not in the slightest. And I uh, I do believe I spoke to him shortly after the uh, issue, and I believe every, the word he says. And maybe it's me being a you know a a stargazed fan but, well uh, i just think that it speaks it speaks
1: <laughs> to like how muddled the testing programs are in these these leagues no, anyway such a mess. um all right, so, all right who, so let's talk about the niners so the niners most overrated player who do you think it might have been
0: the entire offensive.
1: no 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 everybody <laughs> knows they suck they suck actually I, I actually think this one makes a lot of sense so okay. Navarro bowman was listed as the most overrated I player i
0: disagree no. entirely. No, no way well hold on like, hold savage. on hold on
1: He's a beast. He had 115 tackles or whatever it was last year, some crazy number. Um, I think that's the byproduct of um, that's the byproduct of him being the best linebacker on a bad linebacking core. Um, so he chases down a lot. Now, I think he's going to be... Because there are people... Prisco says here that there are some who actually think he was the same type of player he was before the injury this year. I don't, but I think he's going to be there this year. And I think that that's actually a pretty good point. He was a great player last year, but I think that he... I think really here he's reaching for somebody because there weren't a lot of. I actually thought that for, yeah, he, I don't know. I, don't, I think this is like just a name that people will recognize because there's so yeah. many new faces on the offense. So that I, might be part of it.
4: I think this guy's trying to get a reaction. I, I went and saw Navarro Bowman play last year uh, in an empty Levi Stadium. Oh, dude. And it was like watching a man. Out on the field with boys. I mean, and like literally, like one guy dominating a defense, yeah. and, and and just and and you could tell that he's, he's still injured. I mean, his his knee was limping by the fourth quarter, but yeah. that dude. You know, I played inside linebacker, by the way. That's why I'm pitching me in. But that guy, I mean, he, seriously, that dude is, I mean, he is, he is one of the best inside linebackers, uh, best linebackers, period, yeah. uh, in the NFL. And to watch him play, I mean, when he, just his physicality, when he ran, the wind moved. I mean, you could feel his movement and his energy and his intensity on that field. And, I mean it connected with me, you know, maybe because I was only one of five people in the entire stadium, (laughs) but that's beside the point. The fact is, is that that, I mean, you know, I would love to see that guy in the silver and black, man. That guy, that guy is a beast.
1: He's a great player. I think what he says here makes a decent amount of sense um, because he got burned in coverage a lot this last year, which is not something that happened to him before. Um, But that also has a lot to do with the fact that the Fortlanders couldn't get to the quarterback. So That's, um, that's
0: also a major coaching
1: change. Right. I mean, that's,
0: you know, well, no,
1: but I, I understand a lot of those things, but like he just straight got beat in coverage, but you can't expect an inside linebacker as, cause I think he's a beast too. He's one of my favorite Niners ever. Um, but you know, I, you can't expect these as an inside linebacker to cover, like, you know, Jimmy Graham might be a bad example, but list any one of a number of top five tight ends here, right? Any one of the other top five, you can't expect him to cover him over the middle when you're, when you're front seven, the remaining guys in your front seven can't get to the quarterback for five and six seconds. Right. You know, they'll just pick you apart. So I think that has something to do with it. Um, all right, so then here's one I'll be very interested. So overrated players, um, he listed the, the one that kind of got the headline here was Cam Chancellor as being overrated. Uh, and I don't know how much Seahawks football uh, you guys watched last year. That guy uh, is a beast of a hitter. Yeah. He single-handedly ruined Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis has never been the same since mm-hmm. he cracked that dude in the back. Um, but that guy got lit up this past year by tight ends throughout the league. Um, when Carolina went into Seattle and beat them, uh, I think Greg Olsen had, like, three touchdown catches in that game, and they were all with Cam Chancellor in coverage. So it's kind of interesting. Like, what he makes a point here is big hitters are awesome, but the league is not a hitting league anymore. It's a spread offense type of league, and he can't run with these guys. Right. So, I mean, like I said, I watch a lot of Seattle football just as a 49er fan. You see them twice a year, and then they're on every you – know, everybody loves Pete Carroll in Seattle, so they're on all the primetime games. Do you think that's a factor? I mean, how old is Cam Chancellor now? And that's He's been in the league for. Well, he sat out the first two games. He held out last year, which was kind right. of a punk move because he had a contract. Mm. It was about a guaranteed money, though, wasn't
0: it? Mm. Memory okay. serves. Anyways, I, I feel like he's been in the league probably six ish years. Uh, do you think that's a byproduct of, of him, not just his age and maybe his conditioning?
4: Because the year before, he was able to keep
0: up just fine.
4: So he gets burned. I know what it is. He's not sleeping. Uh, he's sleeping on a mattress, man. He's getting soft. <laughs> not on <not under> the <laughs> coils. He's not staying hard. That's what. He's getting soft, man. Well, my
1: my thought was my thought was similar to what I said with Bowman. I, my thought was, well, you know, Seattle, I don't think their pass rush was quite as dominant last year as it was the year before. No, that's actually a lie. They had exactly the same number of sacks and only two less quarterback pressures. Really? I looked up the list. Hmm. So it really, I think, you know, you can't take all of training camp off, right? I'm sure he's working out, but you can't take all of training camp off, miss you know key additions to the, play, the you know the, the defensive playbook right you know and then well, miss the, the first two games yes, and expect f- to
0: come right back in i mean training camp is more than just learning the playbook i mean it's getting these guys the speed down it's getting yeah. everything the just the timing and uh i've been you know i've been to a few training camps uh over in napa for the raiders and i can't tell you the intensity is there i mean it is it is it's it feels like Game time situations, and it's you know these guys are just rehearsing and practicing, but it's one of those things where it gets you in your mindset, it gets your body right and your mind right. Sure, and you you skip that. I don't care how. I mean, unless you're a legacy player, there's no way. You could do that, but that's the thing. Basis. You
4: know, if you're a legacy player, you're there, right? You know what I mean? Like, you show, like yeah, you show up. You, you have commitment to the game, you know. And that's the thing yeah. is that you know, if if Cam Chancellor thinks he can sit out, he's wrong. It's too competitive. The NFL is way too crazy now. You get way too many yeah. elite, like like. It's like the elite of the elite of the elite athletes now right. where, you know, P- back in the day where you could like sit there and, you know, swig a beer and smoke a cigarette and show up, you know, halfway through the game and, and still be a star. Those days are gone. I mean, you know, like we were saying earlier, I mean, the NFL, it's 365 days a year right. for a fan. I mean, for a player. Yeah. That's, I mean, the, one of the biggest things that drives me crazy is like well, when a new guy comes on the Raiders, the first thing I do is follow him on Instagram. And then when they're, like, hanging out with their boys and they're, like, yeah, pictures of them at the club, it's like, <laughs> this guy's not going to make it. I mean, yeah. like, they're not going to make know. it. Yeah. It makes it, us
1: crazy, yeah. and It makes us crazy.
4: And then you get the dude who's, like, literally, like, you know, lifting cars and, like, drinking vitamin shakes. And every Instagram picture is him, like, mentally preparing physically. And just, he's, like, a, some kind of psycho animal just ready for football. <laughs> You know, and it, and it's three months before the, before the you know, yeah. season even starts. Yeah, You're like, that's what I want to see. And yeah, those are I, the guys that make it. I mean, that's, that's yeah, the way it
0: is. It. Well, I, I tell you, you know, there's a, one of my definitive moments of meeting fo- football legends was in the green room at, at uh, the old radio station. we talking to Bill Romanowski. Yeah. And having that guy, like, all of a sudden he's, like, totally cool. Then you start, hey, ask him one football question, and he just flips the switch. Yeah. He I mean, goes into bill mode and yeah. just it's like and you can't take that intensity away. The point being is that there's guys that have that intensity and guys
4: that don't. Uh, and well, there's there's
0: you know, o-
4: there's always that 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 uh, style of playing, right? There's there's the intense guy and then there's the dude that has to quote unquote like be relaxed and right, chilled. Right, and I, right. I've never understood that. I've never understood the guy who's just like, oh, I just got to chill out. To me, that's just a dude who's like, yeah, I just want to work hard and right. I just got to relax. It's and too much for me. Yeah, I don't want to be too fired up and too focused. That's a guy who's not really playing the game of football.
1: Michael, right? Michael Crabtree.
4: Yeah, I mean you know. Uh, Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, it's true. But it, I tell you, the guys, the, the, the
0: guys, guys
1: stay performed. loose. He's got a, he's got ridiculous hands. Yeah, it's his feet that are a problem. If he stays, I mean, his feet are a health issue for them. That's that's the big concern. He's a great wide receiver, and it breaks my heart that it. Well, it doesn't break my heart because fucking Kaepernick couldn't hit it, the ocean from the beach. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I just anyway, he's his attitude. Like if this game's not going well, uh, if you if they took away the score out of the top left of the screen. Um, and you just turned on the game, you know what's going on, just look at Michael Crabtree's body language. Yeah. It will tell you how the game is going.
4: Right. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep.
1: And, yeah, intensity is never really one of those things. Yeah. Ever.
4: And, and that's the thing. You sit the nail on the head. I mean, you can see players' body language, you know, and, and if, if – it doesn't matter. You know, if, like uh, Bowman, man, fourth quarter, they're down by 50. You would never know it. Yeah, I know. Right. It's the first quarter. The guy's running around trying to take someone's head off. Yeah. Because and, and, he loves the game. He's playing the game. Yeah. And
0: one thing I, I absolutely despised about Randy Moss – you could tell right when he left the huddle. Yeah, if it was going to be a pass it. play to him or yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Because after, they, they literally go, one, they go in and he'd just start breaking the huddle. It's like, could you give them a sign any greater that it's not coming to you? Yeah. Come on. Like,
1: sell it. Help sell. Yeah, he was brutal, dude. Oh. Come right.
0: on, man. You know, one of the funniest, funniest things is, I think, and I think he did a Papa John's I don't know what commercial it was. <laughs> he did a commercial for something and it showed all of his jerseys Jerseys on the wall. Yeah, it was except, a Papa John's commercial. Yeah, except the Raiders' jersey. Oh, yeah, I did notice ouch. that, actually. That, that. Actually, you know what?
1: I only noticed that because you told me that.
0: Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, that's not, I saved that for the basement or the garage or whatever. Ouch. Oh, what a dick. It's, yeah. He, uh, Straight
1: cash, homie. Uh. That's it. Anytime we go to eat at a restaurant, I pay with a credit card, but I leave tips in cash. I, that's what I write on the tip line straight, straight cash, cash on me <laughs> <laughs> nice well played all right so uh we're, let's go quick underrated players these all of these guys are trench trench warfare guys all of them there's not one like wide receiver that's an underrated player but uh just real quick the Raiders uh, offensive line is obviously going to be ridiculous this year mm. that's what seems to be the uh the overriding factor and the one of you know they they sign that dude Osemele, who's a beast uh, let's see where are these guys at uh, and then so this guy, Gabe Jackson, is who he says is the most underrated player. Said He's yeah. his third season. He's emerged as a future Pro Bowl player, and he's really mean and nasty. It shows up on the tape, and it's just, you know, he and a similar a to be road graders. And it's going to be, you know, I think their offensive line is going to be a big deal. And I actually think that works against Marcel Reese having a bounce back year, quite frankly. Really? Yeah, because it, it means that there are no dump-offs coming, right? Like, you're not running routes for Marcel Reese. He's a guy that's like a checkdown yeah, type no, situation. Definitely, definitely. And if your offensive line is that good, and you've got Derek Carr, who I think is awesome, um, and you've got great hands, you know Cooper's got a little bit of the drops, but he's such a dynamic player with the ball in his hands. They'll figure out a way to get over that. You've got good hands in the in the receiving core. I, I think that actually doesn't bode well for for Reese, unfortunately. But he he can impact the game in so many other ways, though, and that's why I think he'll be fine. But Gabe Jackson, I. I mean, I don't know a ton about him. You guys have been watching more Raider football than I have.
0: You know, I think who one of the most underrated players is uh, Justin Ellis, Jelly. Mm. That dude is ridiculously fast for a
4: 330-pound man. Yeah, and the thing I like about Jelly is that I mean, he just doesn't look like an athlete at all. You know I mean, <laughs> it, looks, it, it's, I it mean, looks
0: like a guy that walk in the hallway, and be like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" Like, it
4: gives us hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I look for these physical role models as I get older and more out of shape. I'm like, right on, man. And yeah, his feet are—he's got tremendous foot speed. And uh, and I, but I think what happens is, you know, and and what's going to be really fun to watch the Raiders over the next few years is you know, you start getting like bigger and nastier players and it raises the bar, you know? So people start, you know, trying harder, they put more effort in, they, you know, hey, I want to go play for the Raiders, man, like, those guys are badass motherfuckers, you know, yeah. and, and I think that, uh, you know, for years, the Raiders have been kind of a dumping ground for old badass motherfuckers, you just want to get a paycheck, you know, and I think now with this young core, I mean, I think, I think it's, I think it's just going to be awesome, and I think that, you know, it's just like, it, you know, when you play football, uh, you know, when you play the sport, it's like, you feed off that energy, and if there's a dude that's just, just taking names, you know, you you got to up your game. Otherwise you're going to be, you're going to be laid out. I also,
0: I also really dig the energy of Ben Heaney. Yeah. That guy. Yeah.
4: He's kind of a throwback. Like, you know, that's another guy that doesn't look like she'd be on a football field, man. Like he's not, he's not that big. He's kind of like, he he
0: seems wiry to me. He reminds me of like Stuart Schwaggart and all these, you know, these guys, he's just
4: like, he's a, looks like a normal dude. He's got that hair and he's just,
0: but he's he's around the ball. He's flying in every single He reminds me of, of like
4: a, like a Jack Lambert or like a Clay Matthews one for yeah, the Browns. The kind of scrawny, just like not, not, he's. he's Obviously, not scrawny, but he just right, right. He seems lankier and he's, he's like a long player. By today's
1: football standards.
4: Yeah, but he just, he'll stick his head in there. Like, he doesn't care. He's like one of those crazy dudes that you want to see. Like, the only thing that can make him better for me is that if he just didn't, he was missing some teeth. Yeah. You know, so he's just like.
0: And, and between the interview, it just takes a, a grip
1: out The just, Ray Nitschke, like, yeah, just like, just like, like
4: yeah, yeah, like a hockey player. Just like, ah. yeah.
1: Well, I think you're starting to see, or you're not starting to see, we've seen that culture change with the Raiders the last couple of years. I, I know that the Justin Tuck contract was way too big, but that guy. From a professional standpoint, taught a lot of dudes how to be a pro. Absolutely, and Charles Woodson was the same thing, right? Yeah. I mean, you guys, you know, it, he literally like those. Those are the types of guys they started to make those additions. Once you know Reggie McKenzie started to kind of get rid of some of the bad contracts, and he started to be able to make those types of deals, and then he knew that his drafting prowess was eventually going to catch up. And you're seeing that now, right? And so he, there are a lot of dudes that who are able to bring their high energy and and are being taught how to harness that by some. High-caliber guys. You
4: know, and also, I, I think there was a big turning point, uh, I think it was last season, man, uh, when they gave Woodson the ball to try to score a touchdown. Yeah. You don't see that in no. 2016 in the NFL. I no. Mean, no. You know, I mean, back in the day, been, I would have wished they would have given the ball to whoever back when we had some really bad losing seasons just for something exciting to watch. But, you know, to put Woodson out like that and to be like, hey, dude, put him on offense and have him run an offensive play. I mean, that's like high school football. Stuff, yeah. Man. Well, he, yeah. he played. awesome.
0: He played a couple snaps before he went to green bay he he did line up as a receiver a few times. Well, remember, yeah.
1: I don't know if you remember at michigan he was a he was a ridiculously good two-way player yeah. huh. for michigan. Just yeah. awesome.
4: But it was just it was so cool to see that kind of bookend, you know, and for yeah. for an organization this day and age to be like let's let's give you the ball see what happens. And but that has a lot to do with awesome. Del Rio too. Del Rio yeah. is that kind of guy. He yeah. loves Yeah, he, B- loves, be, yeah, he <laughs>
1: loves he loves being the Raider coach. Yeah. So Niners' uh, most underrated player. I actually this is actually going to tie in with the Navarro Bowman thing. So Ian Williams, the nose tackle, has battled some injuries last year. He was the nose tackle for all sixteen games. Um, they wanted to give him an extension before the year started, and he he was the guy that had broken his ankle two years prior in Seattle, and he had missed almost the whole season. He played late in the year. And then they tried to give him an extension, and he failed the physical because his ankle still wasn't fully healed. So they gave him a one-year deal, and then he was a beast. So he played all 16 games last year. He was awesome in the run game. But I actually think that this is a this is a paper tiger because when you look at Ian Williams and then you look at Navarro Bowman lining up and you're trying to run a play up the middle, who are you sending the second blocker to? Mm. Navarro Bowman. Yeah, right. Definitely. Right. So then Ian Williams is now not dealing with two guys, right? When you had you had um, uh, Justin Smith, who you always had to give to two guys, right? Which is why all worth three. Better. Or three. Right? <laughs> and so, you know, so I think Ian Williams is a good player. He really is. And he was he did have a great season last year, but I actually think that um this is an overrated or this is an overrated, underrated player. <laughs> because, <laughs> the because, most over under because I think when like I said, you look at a forty nine er defense that was atrocious and you see, okay, I have uh Eric Reed, Navarro Bowman to worry about, and then um so we'll just double those two guys. <laughs> yeah. And you know, so then, you know, guys like Mike Purcell, who is like a practice squad player, suddenly has, you know, thirty tackles last year. It's like he has no business being out there. Yeah. Um
4: Well, I remember I remember once I was talking to one of my friends who's a Niner fan, and he started, Oh yeah, man, we got like, you know, Ray Ray Armstrong and he said and I'm like, What did you just say? And he was like excited. I'm like, What? Like, stop. Just stop. <laughs> just stop right there. Knock Ray it. Ray Ray,
0: the same guy that uh,
1: punched the dog. Oh my god. Flip the dog off. That's what yeah. he did. Flip the dog off. So, <laughs> nice. So, oh. All right, so then uh, underrated players, and I only bring this name up because it caught my eye, and I know how Ben feels about this gentleman, so I can't wait to hear your, uh, hear your response to this. Uh, one, he used to go by uh, Pac-Man, but now he goes oh, by just God. Adam Jones. Um, he is He's going to be 33, which is a, a big deal, but he plays with swagger. He's a decent hitter. He's a smart guy, plays the angles.
0: Not a nice smart guy.
1: He's I a smart a great, football player, I should say. That's a much better statement because yeah. he's not a smart He's a smart individual. football player. Um, and you, I know you hate pac And I'm suddenly blanking on the guy that the Raiders signed to play, the, the defensive back they played that was in Cincinnati last year. It's
0: a good one. I don't know. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, I think you're going to see this one. I think you're going to see Adam Jones come right back down to earth because I think the guy that the Raiders signed had a great season last year. And now – you know, it was like it was one of those things where it's like, well, Adam Jones had a chance. He had a lot of interceptions last year. He was able to be physical because he knew that the ball, if they were going to throw it, it was coming to his side of the field.
4: Yeah, right. listen, I, you know, as, a, as a, uh, uh, a fan of football and a fan of defensive football uh, specifically, you know, to see a guy rip off a rookie receiver's head and smash it to the ground is Awesome. You know, oh no, I mean, no, I was horrified because it was Amari Cooper, and believe me, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted that guy to be ejected out of the, uh, you know, the NFL, all the, all the you know, planet. There, but there's no consistency on. Consistency but here's the thing. But I mean, dude, <laughs> I'm saying from a strictly violent standpoint. I know the game isn't that way anymore. But no, but it, I to a, I see what see you're saying you love that intensity. I mean, it was unbelievable. I love it too.
0: Unbelievable. Any other player but him. If anyone should know better, <laughs> it's Adam Pac-Man Jones should know better. He is that guy has caught the lucky, luckiest. I mean, the guy left got banished from the league, and they let welcome them back. He's lost millions of dollars. He's listen. They don't let.
1: They don't just let some clown back. No, no. He's obviously a great player. There's
0: a process. I understand that, but good God, man! Like the the one guy, and then his Twitter rants after the playoffs and everything else, and he's you know bitching the guys out, bitching the officiating out. Like anyone should know better.
4: It's Adam Pacman Jones.
0: But I think Should that's what better. makes him
1: a great player is that he does not give a fuck. Yeah. Like,
4: and, and I mean, and the thing dude, is, is, is so, to this point, his play on the field kind of backs that up. I mean, he, he's oh, no, he's yeah, a he, renegade. He, you know? he does yeah. play that way, but yeah. I mean, and, it, and, and, and the thing is, F the, the NFL is so uptight now; it's amazing. Like he's an anomaly, right? I mean, the fact that the amazing they let him even do that.
1: Well, the Bengals in general. I mean, Vonte's perfect was a was oh, a maniac man. last year too. I mean, to your point, Mike, it's like.
0: They, you, it all of a sudden, it went roughneck real quick. Right. Yeah, you have like
1: two or three of those guys in the league. They have four of those guys on that roster. It's <laughs> yeah, like
4: no, exactly, holy smokes. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, it, and especially specifically, specifically when he, you know, when he took it to Amari's head. I mean, th- that was like one of the craziest things I've ever seen because it's like there's no consistency when it comes to officiating in the NFL. Or right. you know, it's like right. how is that guy not ejected? Like how is yeah. this guy not like fine? You know, it's, it's just I mean, my guy got fine, but it's just unbelievable. but it was so
0: unnecessary. It was I love the int- intensity, but.
4: It's It was so unnecessary. But the best part about that play was Amari Cooper just got up, went back to the huddle. Right. He's, like nothing ever he's happened. He's going to be awesome. Unfazed, man, unfazed. If he drops,
1: you know, what? I, he had like 20-something drops last year. If he drops like half of those balls, you know, like if he figures out what to catch yeah. 10 of those balls. Well, him and Carr have been working together all off season. Yeah. Like,
4: I mean, I, I follow them on Instagram. They are not at the club at all. No, no, <laughs> no, no.
1: Carr can't make him catch it.
4: No, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I'm just so excited I mean, and, and, He's uh, a great
1: player dude yeah. I, He's so dynamic with the ball in his hands And we drafted him really early in our, in our keeper fantasy league I need him to be good <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Alright so then I'm going to give you a name I want you to tell me if this, this is the name that caught my eye um, I want you to tell me if he's on the Overrated or underrated list And I want you to tell me why uh, Matthew Stafford
0: uh, Well he's going to be overrated In my opinion because of his contract That, okay. he, did, that he did not deserve okay I think if you look at his history of play I mean I guess you you know you look at the contract and go okay you, you guy can have one bad year but I felt like last year was a dumpster fire for him uh I don't know I feel he is uh, that contract makes him overrated he did not deserve it I don't yeah that's I'm going over okay
4: I'm gonna say that they're gonna put him in the uh, underrated and this is wise because you know within the last three three to four years like the whole quarterback position has been put on this like unreachable pedestal like there's so few good quarterbacks right so even if you're average you're you're like people consider you like like a savior you know yeah uh, and so that's what I, I think is gonna be in play here Ask is that, Sam Bradford is that they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna say like oh you know this is this is an underrated deal just because it's not really a, to do with the uh the actual player of any quarterback play. It's just the status of that position over the last four or five years has, be- has become like, you know, you got to find that needle in a haystack.
1: Right. So the answer is underrated. Yes! Thank you! <laughs> Give me 10 bucks. Me ten bucks. <laughs> well, no, the bet was whoever
0: lost was not the host of Sports Meets Beer. Mike Nelson, welcome
4: to Sports Meets Beer.
0: You're, you're a <laughs>
1: Here's what he says. So, you know, they say that 2015 was a dumpster fire. You know, Calvin – You know, Megatron was hurt for part of the year. Right, right, right. They have not given him a quality running back yet. A second wide receiver has completely eluded them. They
0: also lost Sue.
1: The defense has been atrocious. Right. You know, even with Damakon Sue and Nick Fairley, like they were, they have not been good. So, over the last five years, he's averaged thirty touchdown passes. He's thrown for at least forty two hundred yards. Wow. Over five years, Um, he's thrown. I don't know what the average is, but it's like twelve. 16, 20, and 17 interceptions over that stretch. So that's not good. But they ask him to throw the ball a lot. Yes. Right? And so, and they're down a lot. And so, you know, these guys, they take risks and whatnot. But I think 32 touchdown passes, average 30 touchdown passes, average 4,200 yards over the course of the last five years. And people think that he's overrated just in general. I think he makes a decent point here. I just, he makes a lot of weird decisions with the football. That's my
0: thing. It's like, God. I would not say that he's a. uh He's not good under pressure. Not, I, and just in my, and the stats could be completely wrong. I just feel he made, he does make poor decisions and poor throws.
1: Well, guess what we're going to find out? What's that? Uh, no Megatron? How poor are those throws? Oh. Right? Because Megatron catches ever caught everything, right? right. So well, it,
0: on the sports science, you could throw it at a garage door, at a two car garage door. And that was Megatron's range.
1: It's <laughs> yeah, crazy. crazy. Is that not one of the coolest? That's the only cool segment they do on Sports Center now. Yes. Is the sports science?
0: Nice. Well, uh, let's, Talk about a two two car garage door. Let's take a quick break. Yep. And we're going to talk about the next beer. We're going to talk about. Okay. All right. Awesome. Sports. Meats. Beer. I feel like I should sing along with this.
1: Yeah, uh, you should. Go ahead. Mother. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can't, I can't possibly impersonate the great Glenn Danzig. It's impossible.
1: Uh, did we talk about uh, this on the show already, the Glenn Danzig-Sigourney uh, Weaver comparisons? No, we talked about that uh, in the car
0: ride back last time. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> yes, it it, they it's look, hilarious. Yeah. Uh Hilarious. Best thing is, uh, I just heard since the Danzig uh, reunion coming back, they're yeah. talking about bringing the drummer from Slayer. Are they? Yes. I don't know. Fucking... Uh, one more show I won't be able to go see, so I'm kind of pissed about it. <laughs> All right. Sports it. meets beer. Welcome back. We are totally off topic this episode, but it's in a good way. We awesome. Have,
1: yeah, we have literally taken the, the the agenda and wiped our butts with it.
0: That's it. Uh, big thanks to our friend, Mr. Mike Nelson, jumped in on that last segment. It was awesome. Uh, Want to talk real quick? He's no Chewy Gomez, but it was still good to have him on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to reboot CMC just to give him a show.
3: <laughs> That's how good he is. I, I just realized that we had Chewie Gomez and Mike Nelson. In the studio at the same episode at the same, <laughs> same time? Episode. Oh, my God.
1: If,
0: if we ever get the greatest hits clips, this has got to be the episode. This is it.
1: This is the greatest hits clips. I mean, literally all of them have been <laughs> Did, tonight. Just re-roll this episode.
0: <laughs> it just,
3: Dude, we don't have to do episodes for the rest of the year. Oh, oh, goodness, this and the time
0: greatest. that one guy walked in by accident. That's what.
3: That
1: was me, (laughs) asshole.
0: (laughs) Can we get Isaac from 40 Ounce Fridays back in here, (laughs) please?
1: That was the best part about that particular episode was that we didn't introduce him or explain why he was on the show. He was just the random guy in the chair.
0: Yeah. With Isaac Chalker? 35 minutes. (laughs) He He just just... sat there and chimed in, and we didn't even say,
1: (laughs) wow, they just added a new person to the show. Oh, God.
0: Anyways, sports meets beer. No format, no fun. Uh, so we're back. Uh, Brad's gearing up. I'm He's taking doing- a picture of this beer. He is.
1: For Untapped.
0: Uh, you check us out on Untapped. Untapped. It's a good one. Sports Meats Beer on Untapped. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the whole deal. Uh, another one from Worthy Brewing at a Bend, Oregon. Um, this, as I mentioned before, uh, on WorthyBrewing.com, we are now trying their Karma Citrus, Kama <laughs> Citrus, which obviously a play on Karma Sutra. But uh, this is their uh, Citra IPA. So everyone's coming to IPA. Everyone's coming with citrus. We get that. It's a standard thing in the business. Um, This is, uh, it's got, it's pretty good flavor. Uh, 6.2%, 55 IBUs, um, which is actually pretty low. Most, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, between the grapefruit sculpins and other fruit uh, beers are a little higher in the IBUs. So this isn't as bitter, which I expected a higher bitter count for uh something with with that grapefruit there's also uh, there's also some mandarin orange in this one as well
1: this tastes like uh you hollowed out the inside of a Christmas tree and poured this beer through it into my mouth mm, I don't get
0: that the what the pine of it yeah I don't get I don't get any pine whatsoever
1: there's like this sap thing that's going on with I yeah I'm not feeling this one so much
0: I get so with this one I mean we poured it out a few minutes before we started talking about it um I feel like it's probably a little flat on carbonation. Uh and I don't know if that's a combination of me pouring into a warm glass and waiting a few minutes, but I pee glass, um, that's part of the problem. That's part of it, I'm sure. Um I feel like it's it's pretty crisp. I do get way more mandarin than I do get grapefruit. Um and I get that you can taste that bite. Uh to me you it's really, like you get
1: no pine in this?
0: Not not much. Maybe it was the the two steel reserves I had before I got on the show, <laughs> but my yeah I don't I don't get uh, they were E they were E forty forties I get subtle still looking for that
1: for the, for that
0: uh, that rebuy yeah for that rebuy he's looking for that rebuy too unfortunately because <laughs> yeah. that's falling off the shelf big shock um the, no I don't get any I don't get a ton of pine this isn't a you normally would expect like that. I, I see what you're saying like you know they get that pine bite or, or just even that hop build. I don't get much hops out of this. In fact, I would I would struggle to say this is even like a 55 IBU beer. I would say it's more in the 40s. It doesn't smell like anything. 45. No, it's. I mean, it's it's very light. This is this would probably be a really good starter IPA for someone who's trying to dabble into because if you did this next to like scoping grapefruit, scoping pineapple, uh, or any other sure. derivative. Uh, Are you
1: interested in beers that don't smell like anything and kind of taste almost oh no? I I, weird? Get,
0: I get a little citrus out of the nose. I, don't, I get a little bit of hot build. I don't get a ton, but I don't. I don't get the pine that you're talking. I don't. Man. I don't get that at all. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I it's I I think it's a it's a decent beer. I mean, this is something that's it's easy.
1: I'm not feeling. Um, it. yeah,
0: well, it's not for everybody.
1: It's the beautiful beauty of the show.
0: Exactly. I say I don't like disagree. a beer that he picked
1: out, and then he just silent.
0: Nice. I was even the whole time. I'm like, what happened to his microphone?
2: Oh goodness.
0: Anyway, Uh, so we're gonna wrap up the show. We obviously had a great time. On the way out, I want to hear something because we talked about the food segment. Obviously, the last show we had our the barbecue shenanigans, which was definitely more of a fun show than factual show on food. Uh, Yeah, that experience was interesting. Probably the last barbecue event we'll we'll do a show at
1: yeah you know beer events are where we have to do the live shows yes because man yes
0: it, people like all fattened up on chicken wings aren't the same as people all drunkened up on beer
1: the lady beat up her left boob with the microphone for 10 seconds and then started talking into it the first one yeah no oh, yeah the first lady she just not the first lady excuse me mrs barack obama i apologize <laughs> the first lady we interviewed nice <laughs>
0: Well, uh, so let's talk, so redeem, I, redeem yourself with chicken, my friend, because uh, here's the thing. My go-to chicken, I mean, this is something I, on a consistent basis because I try to, believe it or not, you wouldn't know by my physique, I try to eat healthy during uh, most times. I, I usually buy the Costco bag of chicken, do a little marinade on it, and barbecue it. And I use chicken breast. Chicken breast. Right. It's pretty much a go-to. Everyone everyone understands you When you say chicken, you assume you're getting chicken breast.
1: America is the only nation that prefers the white meat over the dark meat. That's
0: like a statistical fact. Is that we, that's we, not in any way a, like a racist joke? No, or anything we're not so dabbling like, in anything heavy okay. today.
1: <laughs> no, we are, we are literally like we export like 80% of the dark meat off of all the chickens that we, we really? produce in this country. Yeah.
0: I don't think we export anything in the United States anymore. Yeah,
1: no, we send it all out. and it, you know, Besides it our fat, diabetic children. <laughs> Even then. Um, so... I'm here, basically, what what I really wanted to do, I wanted to espouse the virtues of the chicken thigh as opposed to the chicken breast. Okay. Chicken breasts can be a little uh, temperamental, especially when you're doing them on the grill. Um, anything that doesn't have any bones in it or, you, you know, you're, you're, if they're, so much of what we're buying at the store, if you're buying, like, chicken breast should not weigh, like, three-quarters of a pound. <laughs> okay. Like, one chicken breast should not. Um, that's part of it. And so if you ever see, like, the sort of the delineation of, like, what a... You know, like a naturally grown chicken over the course of you know twenty one weeks looks like versus what like a you know like a Tyson chicken looks like over the course mm-hmm. of twenty one weeks. Um, that's part of it, and so they inject it with all these things to keep it juicy and whatnot. But like if you're cooking real, if you're if you're buying that chicken, that's fine. Buy that; it, it's not going to it's going to stay juicy for you. You can cook the living shit out of it, and it will be fine. But if you're buying real chicken, like naturally grown chicken. Um, it does. It takes some finesse to be able to grill chicken breasts exactly right. Um, a couple things. Don't ever cook your chicken past 165 degrees. Every, you, the USDA says, oh, you gotta, or the FDA says, you gotta cook it to 180. Don't do that. You're oh, turning it into a briquette at yeah. that point. Um, but uh, a while back, Deadspin, as I've mentioned on the show a number of times, it's like one of my favorite websites. They did, uh, they do a segment or a, like a column called Foodspin, and they said something, one of my favorite things ever uh, Do you wanna marinate your chicken hours beforehand? Uh, fine. Want to plop them on the grill straight out of the refrigerator? Perfect. Cook them nearly to carbon dust on one side before flipping? Go for it. Turn them in continually reapplying sauce every two minutes like a neurotic. Why not? Go nuts. Chicken thighs don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken thighs can be really forgiving. And here's, so they're, they're going to be tender no matter what. The reason why people have a hard time with them is because we're so conditioned to think that, like, the color... Is important, right? Right, and so you see dark meat, and you immediately think that that chicken's undercooked. That's not, in fact, the case. Um, if you see if you the chicken color is weird, and then you touch the part that the color seems weird, and it's cold, that's you know that's obviously. And then just use a thermometer. That's fine. But what I'm ultimately getting at is here is that you know you're getting chicken thighs for just a shade under half the price. You buy ten pounds of chicken thighs; it's a shade under half the price of ten pounds of chicken breasts. So you're gonna be able to feed people, feed more people on a lot less. You make your dollar stretch a lot farther. That's one thing. And the second thing is, that's very true. Chicken thighs, for, for all of the fat that's in them, for all of the sort of, um, you know, once they get deboned, all the ligament is and cartilage is gone, um, there's just a lot more sort of um, muscle, actual muscle in there because the chicken doesn't really fly. It runs, and so there's a lot more muscle in there, so it ends up being a lot more tender. And you can do bone in, bone out, it doesn't matter. You can drop them on the grill at super high heat and crisp them up a lot. Um, or you can cook them really low and slow. If you cook low and slow chicken breasts with no thigh or yeah, chicken breasts with no bone in them, they'll shred nice, right? But you're gonna end up with just shredded chicken meat. If you can cook, you know, especially bone in, you know, legs and thighs, you get like this really beautiful, like you know, it'll pull apart. You've had like a classic chicken cacciatore, yeah. It's that same idea. You can pull that apart. You take great. You get great bite through skin. Uh, your texture is the best. I just. All too often, my wife and I fight about this all the time. She'll go and she'll just get the boneless, skinless chicken breasts, and I right. tell her, you, you got to stop doing that. Just get whole chicken. We'll break it down. We can use it for five different things before it's finally done. And she just keeps. Well,
0: biting. I mean, I'll I'll side with her. Like I don't when if I'm going to barbecue chicken, I'm not going to want to break it down. You don't have to. My- I'm just saying, like you know, for I I prefer like if I'm going to go to the meat section or poultry section, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to buy what's easiest for me to make. Right. Generally, it's the boneless, skinless chicken breast. Then get it's, boneless,
1: skinless thighs. They're still cheaper than the breasts. There we go. That, I, that was I, I leaving alluding, alluding to. I tell my wife to get a whole chicken because I'll break it down and cook it, and then we'll use like the, you know, like I'll boil the carc, you know, the 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 carcass down after we're done, and make chicken stock with it, and we'll use that for soup later, right? Because that's a that's a simple process as well. Um, you know, and if you go to any sort of barbecue competition, I was kind of inspired by this when we went to the when we were at the barbecue competition and the chicken the chicken competition that was going on, not the wings that we participated in, but the actual chicken competition, I was looking at some of the stuff that they were putting in, the, putting in their competition boxes. Competition chicken is not really chicken. The amount of stuff that goes into making that like, competition worthy, like, by the time you're eating it, it's like a chicken byproduct. They're like taking it off the bone and peeling the skin off and injecting and marinating and then carefully rewrapping the skin around this once perfectly formed chicken thigh that now they're turning into like a...
0: Sounds like a chicken mindfuck.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It is.
0: Um Can we hashtag that? Chicken mindfuck, is that something we could do?
1: I think I think we absolutely can. All right. Um, the thing about chicken thighs is they will get nice and crispy on the outside. They are typically uh like thinner than your average breasts. So Yeah, they only take minutes to cook. Yeah, you can throw them though. down over super high heat, which make them really great for glazing. So or like really thick, like syrupy marinades. So like if you want to use molasses or um, you know, some kind of brown sugar or bourbon's great for it, right? Because there's so much sugar in that. I love bourbon. I just beat the shit out of the microphone. Sorry. Um, Sorry. I didn't notice. <laughs> you didn't? No. Anyway, uh, so they make some really versatile in terms of like if you want to glaze them or marinate them or whatnot, um, you don't have to take them off high heat. So you can literally build your fire in your Weber kettle or your gas grill and not have to worry about having the indirect heat or having one side cooler or whatnot because they'll just cook... In our restaurant in Healdsburg, we only serve thighs. I don't serve any breasts there um, because we use the wood-fired grill, and it's too hard. I shouldn't say it's too hard; that makes it sound like a bunch of pussies. But <laughs> it's it's easier for us to manipulate, you know, to manipulate the grill and have just half of it hot and the other half cool, so we can yeah. kind of let stuff stay warm over there rather than have like the hot side, the medium heat, and then like the cool side, and try and like with chicken breasts, they'll dry out so fast. You'll oh burn yeah, the- it
0: goes it goes from
1: you know. Yeah. From zero to midnight. Yeah, exactly. Quickly. Exactly. So um, you know, I just think dick joke. the next time, I guess when I, my point is the next time that you're heading into the store, if our loyal listener, if you're heading into the store and you're thinking about what you're getting for dinner, you should definitely look past the color of the meat, get yourself a nice thermometer, and just get boneless chicken thighs. You literally, you're saving dollars on the pound by the time you get that. And you can drop them on direct heat, you can do them in a saute pan, You can sear them off. You can do them on the grill. You can do them in the oven. And like I said, they'll stay way more tender. And that's the question we get asked a lot. How do you get the chicken so tender? Because we're using chicken thighs. We're not using like your standard white meat chicken breast. I was actually shocked in Healdsburg of all places. um, I was actually shocked that we don't get more people going, how come you don't have white meat? We only do the dark meat. And it's because it's delicious. That's why. Well, chicken lives matter. Chicken lives do matter.
0: Uh, (laughs) But I I will tell you this. I'm going to do the challenge because, like I said, I week in and week out, I cook you know, a, a pound uh, or two of, of chicken breasts for me and the kids. I'm going to do chicken thighs this week. I'll let you know what uh, the two boys, between Jackie the Jackman and Y-Guy, what they say. Yes. All right, so that's a, that's a fair challenge. Um, I've, fed, I've,
1: I've fed your boys chicken thighs before. I think that they'll be fine.
0: But it, I didn't cook them for them.
1: Right, I know. I'm just telling you that it's not quite the challenge that... Oh, I disagree entirely. <laughs> Anyways. Do you want me to marinate and trim them for you? No, I will take care okay. of it. I'm just asking. I'm just asking.
0: I might just buy them from the restaurant and then just take them home and put them on the oven real quick. And tell them I cooked them. Either way. <laughs> All right. We're done.
1: Let's wrap this up. Let's,
0: let's get it going. We had dinner to go to.
1: We got faces to stuff.
0: Let's do it. Boot, <laughs> any last words? Love it. All right.
1: <laughs> no, no last words for Boot. She's getting mad because her mouse isn't working. And we didn't give her a very good cue No <laughs> so- <laughs> No prep No timing There we go ah!
0: uh, We're not leaving to the, the normal music There it is
1: Did you fuck me? I'd I- fuck me <laughs> I'd fuck me
0: Wait Wait Was she the great big fat person? <laughs> yeah. That was the best line Anyways, hey, thank you for listening. Sports beats Beer, episode number 21. Please check us out. The Tim Duncan episode. There we yeah, Oh, There we go. Timmy D in the house. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The Gmail. Gmail. Smoke signals. I don't care. Call us. Please. Brad's home number is 707 555 <laughs>